so thankful. I've been hearing from a number of different people, the blessings of God that's being poured out uh, on, on so many different levels. Amen. And I'm so thankful for that. And um, I'm happy to be blessed. I'm happy to be a blessing. I'm happy to be a part of the kingdom of God. There's a wonderful, wonderful thing. And uh, we are uh, continuing to pray for the um, uh, Neesmith. Brother Billy Neesmith had a heart attack. And um, he is... Uh, he is doing uh, good right now. You go in there, and he's his normal spry self, uh, uh, smarty self, my mom says. And uh, but he's he's doing he's doing good. Uh, they do have one more bypass to do. Uh, one of the arteries, I think they said about 90% blocked still. One of them, and they already did one. But uh, but he is doing good. But continue to pray for him. Uh, there's others, brother uh, uh, Durham. Uh, some surgeries, just different people, different things going on. So let's just keep uh, each other in prayer. Uh, we need the church and different moves, different things happening. It's good to be a part of a church that cares, that prays, and um, that's there. And uh, we're going to be getting into uh, some interesting things tonight. Uh, I have been asked uh, really for a little bit now to talk a little bit about dating Hello, everyone. How are you doing? So, Morgan told me I had to. Where's Morgan? There she is. Morgan said, said Uncle Jason. And I said, yes, Miss Morgan, because that's what I call her, Miss Morgan. And she said, uh, one of these days I've got a date and I need to know what to do. So, I need you to talk about it. And I said, yes, ma'am. We'll jump right on that. And, uh Yeah. But we are, we are just going to talk a little bit about that. So let's just ask the Lord to come in here and speak to our hearts and our minds for the next few moments. Lord, in the name of Jesus, God, I'm so thankful for your goodness, for your mercy. God, I thank you for this wonderful church. I thank you for the best youth group. God, that I've ever been a part of. God, I have seen it just flourish in so many ways, and I'm so thankful for it. God, all of our single adults, God, there's so many great, and God, just generation after generation. God, I thank you for this church, to be a part of this church. Help us, God, to continue to please you in all we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said amen. amen. You may be seated. Um, you know, the, in, in the world's point of view... Dating and uh, these types of things is a hot topic and a hot action. If you were to Google the word matchmaker, you would get somewhere in the neighborhood of 19,500,000 responses there that you would hit. If you were to Google the word dating, it hits some 730 million hits. A lot of talking about dating out there. That's a good bit. I mean, seven seven hundred and thirty million. That's 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 a lot of talking about dating. And so I'm not going to address all those tonight, every question. But I am just going to talk a few things. And and um, and, and if you know, the interesting thing is, if you were to look into the Word of God uh, for the word matchmaker or dating you're going to find a goose egg on that one. Um, 
it doesn't directly say that. And the reason why is, is uh, those things were not really in play. Matter of fact, uh, they had uh, prearranged marriages. Anybody want to go back to that? Do I have any takers? A couple takers. Oh, my. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my. <laughs> uh, and... Uh, but, but that, that was a, a way of the world at that time, and, uh, and so there was no uh, conversations about uh, dating. And then even though uh, in later years, um, really dating, the whole mindset, is really a very short-term uh, uh, history if you start looking at dating and you start looking at where it came from and how it got started and all these types of things. It's a very uh, short history because it hasn't been around. Courting, uh, you're going to find uh, more of that. Uh, but um, it's, a, it's an interesting thing to look at. But uh, in the Bible, even though it does not mention dating in particular, the principles uh, that we should use in our response to dating or courting, I'm going to use that word interchangeable because it seems like everyone else does. Everyone, you know, I'm not dating, I'm courting, or I'm not courting, I'm just friends. Friends. Oh, boy, I could talk about friends for a little while. Um, but he, uh, even though the Bible doesn't mention it directly, the, the, the principles of how we are to live together are all throughout the Word of God. Uh, and I'm just going to read a couple before we get started in, into um, uh, some different things. But uh, the Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 7, says, I charge you, O daughter of Jerusalem, uh, by the rose and by the, the hinds of the field, that uh, ye stir not up nor awaken my love to it please. Now what this is saying is until uh, the right time. Don't try to get ahead of this thing that's supposed to be in our heart, that's supposed to be in our lives. Uh, this exact same scripture that's a, a Song of Solomon chapter 2 verse 7. Uh, I could read it in tre- several translations. Uh, this is one God's, uh, God's word translation. It talks about young women of Jerusalem swear not, uh, swear to me. Um, by the gazelle and by the, uh, the doe of the field, thou will not awaken love uh, or arouse love before its proper time, before its proper time. Otherwise, you don't need to get ahead of yourself. And this whole mindset of dating uh, is really trying to awaken love before its time. That's really what's happening. And, and, and see... Oh, I'm, I'm already jumping ahead of myself. I'm, I'm, I'm going to rein it back. I'm going to get there. First uh, Timothy chapter five, verse two. Here it talks about how we are to treat each other, and it talks about. Um, I won't spend a lot of time. Actually, Bishop uh, talked some about this uh, last week, I believe. But here it's talking about the uh, elder women, uh, how we're to treat our mothers. If you look before that, how we're to treat elders. But it says, and and um, the the younger as sisters with all purity. Talk about young ladies. We we are not to treat them uh, in, in a way that is. Um, the way the world would treat them. We're to treat them in a way of purity. Uh, and, and so it's talking about there being a natural progression. It's, it's obviously knowing that, hey, they're beautiful or they're handsome. Hey, there's something there. But we should react and treat each other in a very pure and a holy way. It's important for us to have these types of attitudes. Uh, because when we don't, what happens? Well, James chapter 1 
uh, verse 13 and 15 says, uh, let no man say uh, that he is tempted, um, that I am tempted of God, that he's tempted, but don't say I'm tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted of evil, neither tempt he any man, uh, for every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed, his own lust. It's our own lust, so we've got to understand, we have these lusts that comes inside of us. What is a lust? A lust is an uncontrolled desire. It's an unfiltered uh, desire. Uh, a desire to, to, for me to uh, be with my uh, wife, to see her before we were married and say, wow, I would like to marry her. But that's a desire. That is a God-given desire. But if I got with her before uh, marriage and we uh, did the act of marriage before marriage, that desire that is a God-given desire has turned into lust. And when lust uh, begins to to rule your life, it begins to devastate your life. When lust is unrained, it's not reined in, it is not control, it will absolutely devastate your world. But that lust comes from within. We've got to understand that we've got to bring a, get a hold of ourselves, make sure that we are thinking correctly. First uh, Thessalonians chapter 4 verses 3 through 5 uh, says, and this is the will of God, um, even, even your sanctification. You, you don't need to allow yourself to uh, get involved with fornication. It goes on to say, abstain from fornication. This is First Thessalonians chapter 4 verse number 3. So abstain from fornication. Every one of you uh, should um, uh, know how to possess your own vessel. Otherwise, you need to control yourself. You need to say, this is my vessel. I know how to handle my vessel with, with sanctification, with honor, with the right mindset. And then verse 5 says, and not to lust, not to get in these veins of lust, even as the Gentiles which know not God. So otherwise, we do not get our cue how to relate to those around us uh, in an in a intimate way from the world people that know not God. That is not what we follow. We do not say, oh, this is how the world does it, so this is how I'm going to do it. He said, no, don't follow the Gentiles which know not God. He is talking here to some Jews, and he's saying, listen, you have been raised with certain principles in your life. Yes, Gentiles are saved just like the Jews, but just because we're both saved, don't switch over and start living your life before you get married, before you step into this thing, the way the Gentiles did that did not know God. And I'm afraid what's going on with dating is we are trying to date the way the world is dating. And it don't work. It's broke. It's messed up. It needs to be thrown in the garbage. It needs to be thrown down the tube. We need to get rid of it. It's the way the world does it. If I say amen. amen. So I'm just going to take a few minutes here. And talk about a few things. And these are my ten common sense stances for Christian dating or courting, whatever you want to call it. We'll talk a little bit about that in the process. But ten common sense stances. I was thinking about calling it the Ten Commandments, but that's already been taken. <laughs> if you haven't heard. Um, but, but see, you, a lot of, I, we have people call this church because, first of all, by no means is this a perfect church. By no means. 
is this a perfect pastor? By no means. But God has blessed us, and we do have a, an incredible youth group. And let's give our youth a hand. They're amazing. Really are. Love them. But we have pastors. I have pastors call me through the years. People have, uh, pastors have called Bishop uh, and said, you know, how, you know, how do you do it? And, and these, I want to say a few blunt things. I'm sorry. Uh, this is, I think this is the world we're living in. Everyone else is saying things blunt. I won't be over the top, but I'm going to say a few things blunt. But they, they, ask, they, they ask questions like, man, how do you keep the kids out of bed together? And I'm like, well, you know, you don't just stand at the bed. I can tell you that. No, you dial it back. You get back here a little ways. You, you, you don't wait to that point. If you're trying to solve the problem there, you're going to have an issue. So you've got to dial it back and start where they first start coming together. There's, there's a, a, most of us have heard of the, the broken window phenomenon uh, and how that, that whole thing unravels. They, they have done it in multiple cities. Uh, New York City was uh, one of the many that had a great result. And what they started doing is they just started fixing the small things. They had huge crime, huge issues going on. And uh, what they started doing is, is, is repairing all the windows. And people started criticizing uh, them for for doing this. And they're saying, you know, what are you doing? You know, we've got real problems here. But they found when they started fixing windows and they started immediately covering up graffiti, it changed the atmosphere. And without them having to do more arrest or any of that, the crime rate dropped. This is statistic fact. It's It's the broken window phenomenon. When they go in and they start fixing these little things, the big things start coming down. And so what I have told pastors is, listen, you, I, we, don't, we don't start there. <laughs> we, we do our best not even to get there. We, we go way back here. And while everyone is saying, man, pastor, you're kind of being, you're a little tense on those windows. Don't, don't you think, man, you're always trying to fix all those windows? Yeah, I'm trying to fix the windows so I don't have to go and try to pull people out of the bed. And parents, we need to wake up and make sure we're fixing every window we can and don't wait till we have to do something much worse. And so my 10 common common sense stances for Christian dating or courting. Number one, thou shalt put God first. That's number one. Young people, the number one thing. Parents that have children coming up, the number one thing, thou shalt put God first. Put him first. Because what happens is if you start trying to build a relationship and we are building it based on I'm trying to get this person in my life and they're going to fix everything in my life and once I get in this relationship, everything's going to be great, have my doubts. That's not the way it works. And if you go into a relationship with that in mind, what happens is you drain that person of all of their energy, everything they have, because you go in and you're trying to siphon everything out of them. And that's why the Bible tells us in Colossians 2 and 10, says, and ye are complete in him, the head of all principalities and powers. We, I do not get my completeness from my wife, even though she is the most amazing thing that God has ever given me. But if I drew my completeness from her, uh, I, I would drain her of everything she had. 
And if she tried to get her completeness from me, she would drain me. And so it starts off with this understanding, God's first. If I go into a relationship and make sure that God is first, everything else is going to work out. As a matter of fact, the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. What things? All these things. You want the right person in your life? You put the kingdom of God first in your life, and all of these things will be added unto you. And so when we, we, we say, well, we're going to date, we're going to do this, be, the number one thing, the number one thing, my kids, they're coming up, they're going to start dating. The number one thing before they are allowed to date is God first in their life. That should be what you're thinking. Is God first in their life? Is God the number one thing that directs them? And so the, the first common sense stance is simply, thou shalt put God first. Now, the second one. Thou shalt not start dating or courting if you're not ready to get married. Some of y'all are loving what I'm saying, and some are going, Oh, Jesus, I can't believe he's saying this right now. Lord, let him help him somehow, Jesus. Thou shalt not start dating or courting until you're ready to get married. We do not date or court for fun or just the experience of it. The reason for courting or dating is preparation for marriage. And if you've you got to know if you're ready. And whether or not you know you're ready is, I'm going to just look at three things right here. Spirituality, emotional, and finance. Spiritually, emotionally, financially. Am I ready? Or is my child or is my young adult or what's going on? Are they ready? First of all, are they spiritually ready? Do, do they, do they, are they faithful to God? Not only are you should be looking as parents, but if you're thinking about dating and you're looking at somebody and you're thinking about, hey, we're going to do this, you need, to, you need to think in your mind and start looking and are they faithful are they faithful? And I'm not talking about faithful uh, because they, they just got in church. Are they faithful over a long time period? Faithful to God and faithful to church. Now, you have to say that because some people act like they're faithful to God. And if you talk to them, they are the faithfulest things that you could ever speak to in your whole life. But they don't ever show up to church, are they? They miss all kind of church. There's other people that come to church all the time. But they ain't faithful to God at all. So you need to find out, are they spiritually ready? Because if you're going to be in a, a marriage and come together, the number one thing is you've got to be spiritually ready to move forward. So the first thing is I, I've got to make sure God's first. The second, am I even ready? Or is the person I'm looking at even ready? Or is my child even ready? to do this and number one are they faithful to God how is their spiritual walk with God I fell in love with my wife in the prayer room that's exactly where I fell in love with Holly at just getting excited thinking about it, be honest with you 
Okay. But, but, but she, that's what she was. She was after God. She was doing Bible studies. She, she was having people uh, uh, that, that she's teaching Bible studies that we brought them to uh, uh, our pool and we baptized them in Jesus' name. She was after God. That's what I was looking for. What are you, what are you looking for? Look for that. Pay attention spiritually, emotionally. Are they emotionally ready? Am I emotionally ready? Is that person emotionally ready? Again, because we don't date just to date. We don't court just to court. That's what the world does, and that's why it's so messed up. That's why they give a piece of their heart to all these different people. So are they emotionally ready? Are they, are they old enough? Now, this is an interesting question. Are they old enough, and are, are, is there maturity? Because those two things kind of work hand in hand. Now, we have said in this church for um, through the years, back years, um, they, they, they mentioned 16. I, I believe that you're not ready to get married at 16. So this pastor, don't think you need to be dating or courting until you are ready to be married, which means you're out of school and you got a job, which is my next thing. Because you ain't, you ain't dating if your daddy gave you money to take her out. Your daddy took her on a date. You didn't take her on no date. You, you, yo, so if you're, if you're dating, well, I, I'm going to go on a date. You, you've got to, you've got to have, are you at the age? I believe that, at, I believe at the very least 18. I think you need to have some things. I think you should go. Now, let me just say this real quick. I'm going to tell you what happened in my life, and I don't expect this of anybody. But this is what happened with me. I, I had, I had the honor of having uh, my parents that brought in a, a man that preached at this church, and I got to spend time with. His name was Reverend Jason Sisko. He now pastors in Texas. Uh, he came every year for years, New Year's Revival and other times. He impacted me greatly as a young man, and he made a vow that he would not date until whatever age, and it just impacted me. And so I was uh, you know, 12, 13, 14. I can't remember, honestly, exactly, but I said, I'm not going to date until I'm 18. You know, I'm going to have great friends, going to have good relationships, um, but, but I'm not going to get in that, that mode. When I turned 18, I was having a great time. A lot of my friends that were dating were messing up a lot of their friendships, uh, and they, they couldn't even hardly talk to each other, it, this craziness that gets involved because you're emotionally getting involved with stuff that you're simply not ready to handle yet. Um, but nevertheless, uh, I then said, well, I, I'm not going to uh, pursue it until I'm 25. I said, God, if you bring it to me, thank you, Jesus, but I'm not going to pursue it till I'm 25. And I turned 25, bless God, and I got married. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. There's a whole big story about that, but I'm not, I don't have time tonight. Um, and so, so I, I, I don't tell people you need to make a vow. Matter of fact, I, I say don't make a vow. Don't do that because you've you got to stay with that. Uh, and so, um, but I, it was great for me. It was a great thing for me. And um, it... it helped me get involved with other things and I didn't get involved with uh, emotionally with I was able to focus my emotions and my my energy and not be 
torn in all kind of different directions. And so it was a good thing. And I, so I believe that you need to be ready. First of all, the, the reason for dating and courting is for marriage. You're not ready to get married unless you lived 50 and 60 years ago at the age of 15, 16, 17, nowadays, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. I mean, up in there is where people get married. But until you're ready to start actually getting married, you don't need to. So emotionally, your age and your maturity. The Bible says, when I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. That's one of our biggest problems right there. This whole idea of teenagers came, came about in the 50s. There was no, the word came up in the 50s. And Reader's Digest is the first time the word ever appeared. Teenager came later, and it gave this license that there is a period of time that you simply have no rules. It's like they, they have created this time period that you don't have to do anything, accomplish anything, any great thing. Now, this church, we have people doing dual enrollment and all kinds of stuff, so I'm, I'm thankful for what's happening here. But that, as society, uh, as a general, it's like we don't do anything. We don't have, we've got this time period that, that nothing is expected of us. But see, what the Bible gives us is two different things. When I was a child, I speak as a child. I understood as a child. But when I became a man, man he go you go from childhood to manhood otherwise where you are under authority to where you have authority not this place where i don't want authority to tell me what to do but i want to do my own thing that thing is a is something that's been just in since the 1950s that it came about but we've got to say okay am i spiritually minded am i emotionally in the right place and financially um you need a job. If you're going to, okay, if you're going to date, it's because you're going to get married. So if you're going to get married, you need a job. Okay? And you don't just, you, you know, you don't just need a, a job that, that puts gas in your car. You need some, some money because you find out toilet paper costs money. I didn't know that for a long time. I had no idea. It just appeared on the roll. But life kicks in. And so you've got to have these different things. The Bible says this. But if a man does not provide for his own, if you can't provide for your own, especially these that's of your own house, let's just start with you and your wife because whenever you're married... The Bible says that you leave father and mother and you cleave to your wife, you become one flesh. Once you come out of all these things, he said, if you don't provide for your own, you are worse, uh, you're, you have denied the faith and worse than an infidel. Why, Pastor, why are you saying I, I need this stuff? Because if you're dating, it's for marriage. And if you're getting married, you need to be able to support your family. And so these are the things that should be in play if you're even thinking about dating or courting so number one is thou uh thou shalt put god first in your life number two thou shalt not even think about dating unless you're thinking about marriage number three thou shalt not be unequally yoked the bible says to not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers it's amazing the world that we're living in that christians uh you know or will just date people in this world we don't do that all the young people looking at me we don't do that 
The Bible says not to be unequally yoked with unbelievers. We don't do it. We're not, we're not talking about being mean. We're not talking about being hateful. We're, not, no, we're talking about you getting in a dating relationship that is moving towards marriage. We don't do that. That's not how we, how we live our life. We are not unequally yoked. And so, first of all, you need to know what you know so you know whether or not you're connected or not. You need to make sure that you know the Word of God. You need to make sure that you know uh, the things of God, uh, the basic doctrines, uh, all these different things. You need to get that. See, the world's, and here's the thing, once you know yourself, because the world's mindset, their whole focus is trying to find the right person. That's what they're dating. They're going from one to another because they're trying to find the right person. As a Christian, we are not focused on that. We are focused on being the right person. We are not focused on trying to find the right person. That's secondary. First, we are focused on being the right person. we got to make sure we are who we need to be. So first of all, you need to know what you believe and practice. You need to know it. Secondly, I've got to move quick through these. I can take time with all this stuff. But secondly, um, you need to know what they believe and they practice. The Bible says, know them that labor among you. And it's talking about leadership. But people that are among you more than anything is your husband, your wife. So if you're dating, you're not just dating to date. Pastor, let me say this real straight. I am against anyone dating just to date or courting just to court. If it's not with the intentions of moving towards marriage, this pastor that thinks it's very unhealthy, and I, I'm just going to do everything I can to pray against it. I am. So if you don't want your pastor praying against it, because I am, because I know it's going to ruin people's lives. I know it's going to mess up friendships. We don't do it. Boy, that was kind of harsh, wasn't it? My goodness. We don't do it. Boy, Pastor, you're such a nice guy. And the Bible later on talks about that we should uh, live with our, our wives, our husbands, according to knowledge. We need to know each other. So we don't get unequally yoked together. We don't date uh, with these person. They kind of believe uh, in the truth. They, they, you know, they believe Jesus is God. We believe that Jesus is God manifest in the flesh. We do not believe that he is separated in the persons. That, can't, that is a doctrine that is not biblical. Uh, and so see what I'm saying? Just saying that, yeah, you need to know what you believe. You need to know what the Bible teaches. Then make sure then, because if you don't, you're going to date them. You're going to marry them. Then you've got to figure out where your kids are going to do, what they're going to believe. Are they going to be saved? But the Bible says, if you don't believe that I am he, you shall die in your sin. You've got to believe that hero Israel, the Lord our God, is one Lord. You've got to believe that Jesus is God manifest in the flesh. And then you've got to make sure the person that you're going to marry believes the same. They have the same principles, the same things in their life. They're not just going the way of the Gentiles, as we read earlier. So number three is thou shalt not be unequally yoked. Travail is happening. He's just, he knows what's coming down the road for him. Thou shalt honor the authority in your life and theirs. Now that's connected to one of the actual Ten Commandments. Thou shalt honor thy father and thy mother, the authority in your life. 
Thou shalt honor the authority in your life and theirs. Now, number one, when we reach that point, you need to be a man. Obviously, I'm speaking to the male gender at this time. You need to be the man. Be a man. Step up and do it right. Well, if you're a man, you're not scared. You're not, oh, dude, I was scared out of my wits. When I, when I first tried to sit down and talk to my wife, the mall, Chick-fil-A, people all around trying to eat. I couldn't eat chicken. She was like eating all kinds of stuff. You know, she's just, she was fine. And then she was like, are you going to finish that? No, she didn't do that. She's just, she, she was fine. I couldn't eat. No, it's nervous. It's nerve-wracking. But you've got to step up and do it and do it the right way. You need to make your intentions clear early on. Make your intentions clear early on. Don't just, don't just you know, my Lord, I'm thinking of my daughter right now. Don't, don't take my daughter out for no test drive on dating. My Lord. No, you should make your intentions clear, know what's going on, what's going to happen, and you come talk to me about it. That's exactly right. That's the way it should be. Men should be the one, young men, where if, you're, if you're a young man and you're not yet married, raise your hand. Keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. You're not yet married. There you go. All right, cool. Put your hands down. Talking to you. Ladies, you're not yet married. Raise your hand real quick. Okay, talking to you. Men... I know we live in a different world, but this is the way I believe it's biblical and the way I think it should happen. Men should be the ones that approach, and the, the woman should be the one that responds. That doesn't mean that there ain't no, ever no eye contact or there ain't never nothing where you make it. I, just one little look. Like, oh, the Lord Jesus. That's all it takes. Just, just don't take much. I know, right? But when it actually comes to approaching, the, you need to be the man that steps up to doing that. Now, this is the way I think it should be done. I think you need to respect the authority in your life and theirs. If you want it to be done right, this is how you're going to do it. First, you're going to go to the authority in your life. Now, this ain't just what I'm talking about. This is what I did. When I decided that, you know, I, I, you know, I was checking Holly out. And I went and talked to my pastor. That also happens to be my dad. And I went and talked, and, I, and uh, I was a little smooth, I must say. I said, um, I said, hey, Dad, what do you think about me putting Holly on the youth team? He's like, okay. I was like, I'm kind of looking at her. <laughs> he said, okay. So I just want to, you know, kind of be in a situation where I can see how she operates a little bit, you know. And Dad said, okay. But I talked to him about before I ever made a move, and she didn't know anything. I mean, she was obviously chasing me like crazy, but... <laughs> I am so going to get in trouble tonight. Oh, Lord. It's not true. Lord, forgive me. I humbly ask you to forgive me, Lord, right now. Um, but I, I went, I went to, to, oh, i got to hurry. I went to Bishop, 
or, and, and I said, this is what, what's going on. And he said, okay, let's, let's pr- pray about it. Let's pray attention. And I said, okay. So we did. And then I came back to him later. I said, I really think I wanted to move forward with this. Okay, we talked about it. And in this particular case, uh, Holly's father was not engaged. So I went, what should happen, I believe, is to the authority in their life, which in this case would be her pastor, which happened to be my dad again. But that's just what had happened. So, you know, it was kind of like, hey, dad, what do you think? Now come back. Hey, pastor. I'm thinking here. But it should be the authority in their life. And again, I, I, had, I had attentions, and then I also went and talked to her mother, Teresa. But first, I believe that the authority in their life, I believe if there is not a, um, a, a father figure, uh, I believe a, a pastor can help fill that role, and other ministers and other people of accountability in a church, you should have some of that. I think it's a wonderful, that's one of the wonderful things about a church. Um, but nevertheless... That's, that's, that's your first move. Your first move is not to put the move on her. No. It's, it's the first move is to talk to the authority in your life. That's the first move. And so once you have, you have uh, spoke to the, uh, that, that someone in your life that loves you, that cares about you, that's watching out for you, once you have done that and, and, and you, you feel okay, the okay, and let me say this, some people, you don't have family in church or they don't have that, that spiritual walk, then you would, you would come to your pastor or you would come to a spiritual leader. But somebody that has some authority in your life that can look at you, someone has, should have veto power in your life. Somebody should. I have someone that has veto power in my life. Everyone should have someone that has veto power in their life. Obey them that have the rule over you. Someone has the authority in your life to say, we're not going to do this. This is not a good idea. Everybody's loving me, right? Good. And so before talking to her, young men, you need to talk to her parents or her, or excuse first your parents or your pastor or your guardian, whatever the situation is in that, that case, but whoever has that. Then once that happens, then you need to, you need to make your intentions clear to uh, her father, mother, oh, man, you kidding me? No, I'm not at all. That's what I said. You need to be a man, and you need to step up, and you need to talk. You don't need to get yourself in some mess and get her in a mess and rip her heart out. It makes me mad because, that's a, first of all, that, that's a child of God. That's why he said the young ladies, you should treat them with honor and with purity. You need to treat them right. The Bible says that how we treat each other is how we treat God. I and mean, if we don't care about someone, we just date them a little bit, get our little fling, and we just move on. Let me tell you something. We are damaging people. It's not right. It's not right to do that to people. All right. So once you start moving forward, you need to do it with, with honoring the authority in your life and their life. That's how you move forward, all right? And then, and I'm going to get a little bit into uh, um, courting here, but number five, thou shalt not be alone. Just pray for me, people. Thou shalt not be alone. Uh, dating kind of versus and courting, what really dating kind of a one-on-one thing. And I know you could go, you know, do couples dating or triple dating, or I don't know what you do. But let me tell you something: if you're double dating, <laughs> y'all ain't paying attention to each other. I promise you that. And y'all can make a pact together just like that—that that we ain't telling nobody nothing. Oh, we, these are good church people. I was too. 
Let me tell you something. This flesh right here stays with you till you die. The Bible says that which is flesh is flesh. Until we get resurrected out of this place, we're going to deal with this carnal flesh. And you can have a great prayer meeting, but if you put yourself by the tree, you're going to end up taking a bite of something you don't need to take a bite of. I must hasten. So, uh, dating is one one. A courtship is, is when you're a group and primarily with, a, with the family. That's, that's, that's the mindset, I think, that we should be looking at because you're, you're talking. You're not doing it the way the world does where you're just kind of in the sly and no one even knows what's going on. No, you have done it as an honorable young man. You have said, I, you know, I, I'm in a position that I have a job, that I, I'm spiritually where I need to be. These things are in place. Now, I have lots of, you know, growing up, I had lots of girl friends, friends that were girls. I ain't saying that you don't talk to people and you don't hang out at all. I'm saying a relationship that you're getting into, uh, you, you, gotta, you really got to pay attention to this. And parents, you need to help because uh, you're the parents. Um, and let me tell you, oh, there's a lot of parents that are just living their fantasies through their kids. And even, even little bitty kids in, in seven, eight years old, they're like, oh, how cute are they going to get together? They're putting it in their minds at that age. You don't need to do that. Don't put that in their minds. Let them be friends. Let them have a good time together. Let them grow up together. Let them enjoy each other. Get to know. Don't start putting in, oh, am I going to date them? Am I going to do it? Don't do that. All right. So thou shalt not be alone. Um, don't be alone. Don't, don't be in a house alone. Don't be in a room alone. Don't be in a car alone. Don't do it. Oh, nothing's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I will. <laughs> and don't also, don't find yourself alone even while you're in a group. Big group and you're just over here. You, you don't even know what's going on here. You're just over here and you've got your own little thing going on. Let me tell you all, uh, Brother Donnie and Sister Danielle and Brother Trace and some of them, you know what I have instructed them to do? And if they do that, it's because Pastor told them to do that. And if you get upset at them, you're getting upset at me. But if you're off by yourself somewhere, they're going to walk up to you. They're not going to be rude. They're not probably, maybe not even going to tell you, do this, do that. No, they're just going to walk up and y'all are there talking. Go get by your wife. Go ahead. Let's act like you're not. But you're all by yourself. Y'all not married. You know what they're going to do? They're just going to come up. I'm going to let you know what they're doing because I told them to do it. They're going to walk up to you, and they're just going, hey, guys, how y'all doing? It's good to see you. Hey, I'm just going to sit right here with you. Hey, hey, let's talk about this stuff. Let's just, hey, how, how is your life? That's exactly what they're going to do. They're going to interrupt your conversation, and they're going to just jump right in the middle of it. And if they don't do it, you're going to answer to me. We ain't playing that. You ain't using this church for your little getaway because your parents ain't here. There's a lot of young people here. This ain't what this church going to be. Morgan, are you going to ask me ever to do this again? Ephesians 4.20. Why, why, why are you being like that, Pastor? What are you doing? Ephesians 4.27. Neither give place to the devil. Don't give him an opportunity. Don't let him get a finger hold on it. Don't let him get a toe hold. Don't let, don't let him get anything. No, don't give him a shot. Don't put yourself in a position to do it. No, don't do it. Don't give any place to the devil. Don't, don't, don't put yourself in that kind of position. Just don't do it. Turn to someone and say, don't do it. 
Not only for yourself, but for others. The Bible says, uh, let not your good be evil spoken of. Don't put yourself in a position, even if you're not doing something, that people look and they start thinking things. No, be an honorable person. Put yourself in the right situation at the right time. Think about where you are. Think about what's going on. Thou shalt not be alone. i got to move. All this you could talk a lot about. Thou shalt keep clear barriers. Thou shalt keep clear barriers. First uh, Corinthians um, 7 and 1. Now concerning these things, um, therefore I write you, the, the things that you wrote to me. I'm, I'm responding to the things that you wrote to me about this going on. He says it's not good for a man to touch a woman. It's not good. This is 1 Corinthians 7 and 1. It's not good for a man to touch a woman. We don't need... Um, say, say, well, we're, you know, we're, we're just kind of, you know, we're not planning on getting married. We're just kind of hanging out or we're dating or even, you know, we're just in this mode. And then we come, come here, baby. You, you don't, I, I'm sorry, everyone can't see this, but when you, when you're sitting down, have a seat, you don't just sit like this, just all up against each other. Let me tell you. Now, she didn't do this on purpose. I know she did not do this on purpose. But you think, oh, that don't mean anything. See, I still remember. I remember I was driving the youth, because I was a youth pastor. You know? So I'm driving the youth down to Miami. And this is after I talked to Bishop, this is after we talked. And Holly was sitting in the seat behind me, and she, had just, she was asleep. She propped her foot up on the side, you know, where the, like in between the front seat and there. It was just there. And, and, and it just hit my elbow, and I'm, her foot hits her foot. And I was just like, oh, Lord, Lord. I ain't joking. I know. You're like, oh, it don't mean anything. I know. When you got feelings there, every little brush is like, oh, Lord. Woo! That's what you're doing. And so you're sitting down. You can't just all be all pressed up against each other. It's not good. That's not how we sit. We don't sit. And if, if, there's, if we got to pack in, then we put all the girls on one side and the boys on the other. That's how we do it. Y'all don't be mad at Morgan. She didn't know what I was going to do. You don't put your arms around each other and all hug. I know we are in a generation of this hugging generation, but you don't need to be doing that. You don't just need to be all hugging on them. You know, just say it plain because i got to go. You shouldn't be, you know, you don't, don't kiss in any language. We don't do it, okay? Don't, don't, don't do that. Don't, okay, don't grope, don't, okay. You, you go, I, I, I got things here that I don't even want to read. Don't do it. Don't do it. That's not what we do. And if you're going to hold hands, come here again, baby. If you're going to hold hands, it needs to be clean. And what I mean by clean is you just, you got the hand, Okay. Yeah, if if you're if you're courting, you're dating, you're moving into this thing, you just you 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 hold hands. But what you don't want to be is be like, oh. 
or, or sitting here and you got, go ahead, sit down, baby. You like got her hand like, you know, sitting there. Oh, it don't mean nothing. Please, it don't mean nothing. You can't be doing that stuff. Not if you want, not if you want to keep your heart right, your spirit right. You say, you say this, this is so, so uh, uh, anti what goes on. I mean, aren't you over the top? No. The world is spinning out of control. I'm not, I'm not going to wait till I'm pulling them out of bed. I'm fixing the windows. All right, so you're, you're, so you're saying, okay, I want the date, I want the court. So you need to put God first. I have to look at all these, I can't remember them all. You need to put God first. Secondly, you don't need to start dating until you're actually ready to be married or courting, whatever you want to call it. Don't start doing it until you're actually ready to be married and you're able to make that commitment. Don't be unequally yoked. Don't just do it with anyone. Know who you're hooking up with and know who you are. Um, make, uh, honor the authority in your life and in their life. Don't be alone. Have clear, thou shalt have clear barriers in your life. Thou shalt not ignore warning signs. Don't ignore these things. Now, I'm going to go through these quick, but these deserve lots of time. Don't ignore warning signs. Young men, young ladies, don't ignore warning signs. You're going to be married to whoever you get married to in Jesus' name for the rest of your life. Don't ignore warning signs. Don't ignore abuse. Physical, verbal, emotional, sexual, don't avoid. And you, you say, oh, they don't talk to me that way. They just talk to their mom that way. That's how they're going to talk to you. They don't talk to me that way. They just talk to their dad that way. They just do that with, with their brother. However, you watch how they treat people and let it be a warning because that's how it's going to end up coming. You know, they, they get off the phone. They're like, oh, I can't believe this. Hey, babe, what's up? Hey. No, no, it's, that, that, ain't, that ain't the part that ought to impress you. What needs to be impressed in your mind was that, well, you just don't. That's what needs to be impressed in your mind. Because however they're talking, if you, if you don't want to be talked to like that, don't ignore warning signs. Addictions. I don't care if it's things like drugs. or I don't care if it's people addicted to... People are addicted to like games and stuff. You need to pay attention to these people. And I know some of it's adolescents. That's why you ain't supposed to be dating until you're ready to get married. And once you get married, you married a woman. You did not marry a PlayStation, whatever else is out there. I don't know even what it is out there. Xbox. You didn't marry the Xbox. You ain't supposed to be up all night with the Xbox. The Xbox ain't the one that's supposed to give you your thrills and your joy. You married a flesh and blood woman, that's who you need to be focused on. You say, oh, it don't matter. I'm telling you, if I had the people stand up and raise their hands to me that said, oh, I knew my spouse was into whatever before, but I thought they would just get over it. And they didn't. And it became a major issue and a disconnect in their lives. Don't ignore the signs. And it could be a addiction to shopping. I don't know. You just got to pay attention. Don't, don't just say, oh, they're going to change. Well, I pray they do, but most likely, mm-mm. Infidelity. Don't, don't, don't ignore that. 
whether it be physical, where they're, they're, you're supposed to be courting you and you see them somewhere else or online, don't ignore that. Don't say, oh, it's going to get better. Don't ignore that. Pay attention. Irresponsible, immature, no goals, don't take care of themselves, no hygiene. <laughs> Only think about themselves. Can you get me this? Can you get me that? That woman is a queen in your life, and he is a king in your life, and you should treat each other that way. Now, let me just say that you should be physically and sexually attracted to each other. That's important as well. Okay, I'm just going to move on. <laughs> Emotional baggage. Pay attention. What kind of stuff are they coming in with that they don't want to deal with? Living in denial. Pay attention. Don't ever want to mess with because there's going to be other issues that's going to come up with y'all they're not going to want to deal with either. Pay attention. All right. Number nine. Thou shalt run when needed. Run. I don't care what's going on. Something comes in that ain't right. Something happens ain't right. And, well, we've been doing it right up into here. It starts happening. It's not right. Run, baby, run. Run. I didn't say walk. I didn't say think about it. Run. Leave your coat with them and run. Joseph lost two coats, but he never lost his integrity. People, could, people accused him of stuff, but it, the, the right came out. Run. 2 Timothy 2.22 Flee also youthful lust. 1 Corinthians 6.18 Flee fornication. Run. Run. So... If there needs to be a run, if you see something, if it's physical, if it's emotional, whatever, you need to, go. Get out of that. Okay? Get out of that. Don't live there. But also, if the authority in your life begins to sense danger. Now, this is the hardest thing. It really is. Once, that, this is why you talk to the authority in your life first and make sure that they are on board before you get in it. But sometimes even the authority misses something, and then they come back and say, you need to pay attention to this, okay? But I'm telling you, when people, when people get into relationships and stuff, and then they come to me, and they, now they're going to say, Pastor, what do you think about this? I, at that point, could start like a Bozo the Clown routine, and they would have no idea. I could be juggling, doing all kinds of stuff. You, you, they, there's something that happens to your brain that's why you've got to, before you connect, you've got to check with the authority in your life. Your parents, your pastor, spiritual leadership. Check, get, make sure. Well, I'm my own man. Oh, that's a whole different sermon right there. You're going to get yourself messed up bad if that's your mindset. I, I, I have to go. Number 10. Thou shalt believe that thou art a child of the king and deserve the best God has for you. Number 10, you need to believe that God has exactly what you need. The Bible says that God created a woman, meet a help 
meet for him. Otherwise, exactly what he needed. God has exactly what you need. You need to have that closest that God has. Because if you have it, it's the most beautiful thing in the world. It's not that there's no problems. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying they, they, you, you minimize the issues and you maximize the blessings. It's such a powerful thing when it's right. So make sure you get it. Stand with me. Let me tell you what's going to help you, parents. I'm talking about kid, as they're kids right now. And, and I don't care what age they are, but who you put them around is really going to affect you. Okay? It's really going to affect you. Their influences, who they're around is going to affect how they're going to act, what they're going to do. And I don't care if it is a... Tr- there are truly good people. They are good. But yet, they have... There's something about them that opens up a weakness in your child. It's not that that person is always evil. There's just one thing about them that somehow in their family, they're able even to keep in check sometimes. But you watch your child. Don't just say, oh, they're going to go with so-and-so. Watch how your child acts after they got back from being with so-and-so. What's going on? Put them in the right atmosphere, and it will help them make the right decisions. So let me say it one more time. Thou shalt put God first. Thou shalt not start dating or courting until you're ready to get married. Thou shalt not be unequally yoked. Thou shalt honor the authority in your life and theirs. Thou shalt not be alone. Thou shalt keep clear boundaries. Thou shalt not ignore warning signs. Thou shalt run when needed. Thou shalt believe that you are a child of the king and deserve the best God has for you. Let's raise our hands. Lord, in the name of Jesus, thank you for this wonderful church, these wonderful people. Lord God, I pray, God, that you will help us. God, I am not here talking to a weak church. I'm talking to a powerful, strong church. But Lord, we are constantly being bombarded by this world. Lord Jesus, I pray that you will help us. You will strengthen us. Give us wisdom to know how to handle every situation. I pray that the Holy Ghost, God, will work and move. Lord, I pray that you will help us to make good decisions in our families. I pray for young men to be the men they need to be, to be responsible the way they need to be, to be prepared to lead a family themselves. God, for the young lady to be prepared to join with that husband and to be able to do the right things. God, to build the kingdom of God together. God, I pray that you will help us, God, to be effective. God, we do not need these distractions. We don't need distractions in a youth group. We don't need the distractions in home. We don't need the distractions. We want to do it right. We want to do it your way. We want to do it with your principles. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Why don't you clap your hands to the Lord?